What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a rare and special interview episode here on Microfamous. And the reason we're doing an interview episode when normally we just do mostly solo episodes is because Adam is kind of a repeat guest in my world, and he had a really interesting breakthrough insight from listening to an episode of the show uh, where I interviewed another gentleman in the podcasting world talking about how to find the crack in the market. And it got him thinking about his own podcast, and it led to a chain of events that ended with him rebranding and relaunching his show. So we had a great conversation about the thought process behind that, the things that he's seeing in the podcasting world with interview podcasts, the same things that I'm seeing, why it's hard to stand out in that space and what he did about it, why he's now doing hot seat episodes with multiple guests featuring real questions from real people in his audience. We talk about all the pros and cons of that, how to execute that. We really dove into some really fun stuff on this episode, so I think it's going to be super, super valuable. If you don't already know Adam from uh, from his podcast or his company, Think Like a Fish, you absolutely should know him. He's a fellow introvert. He's a marketing expert. He's the author of Conversational Relationship Marketing, and he's the host of what is now known as the B2B Growth Think Tank formerly known as the Client Catching Podcast. And when I met Adam, he was hosting the Client Catching Podcast. I was fortunate to be a guest on that show. We struck up a great relationship and business friendship. uh, And we've introduced some people behind the scenes to each other and just had a kind of a great time getting to know each other. And we think very, very similarly. And so I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation because we go deep on things that really is kind of inside the latest tactics and techniques of what's working in podcasting, what's not working in podcasting, what we're seeing work in the B2B kind of sales and marketing world, and all kinds of fun stuff. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. This is Adam King. Make sure to check him out, thinklikeafish.co.uk. As the domain gives it away, he is a lovely Brit over there in lockdown land. And so I'm excited for you to get uh, get a chance to listen to this kind of behind the scenes, inside baseball conversation on the mechanics of rebranding and relaunching a show and the thought process that went into it. So here is Adam King. Adam, officially welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, mate. It's good to be here. Well, I know you're out there in lockdown land, but hanging in there and you've gone through a major, <laughs> you've taken some time and, uh, and rebranded the podcast, really relaunched it and, and changed some stuff with the, uh, with the format. I know there's a whole bunch of stuff we could talk about, uh, on, on just business and life over the last year, but catch us up just on the podcast specifically. Yeah, so as you as you say, this has been, uh, I guess, a kind of a lockdown love affair. I guess with uh, the change of the uh, the podcast and all the rest of it. But I think that it was a, like everything in in life, in business, and if this past twelve months haven't taught us anything, it's it's all about evolution. It's all about change, and you need to be able to adapt and be agile and and work to things. And and I think that certainly from where the old version of the show was, which was over a hundred episodes, it was you know, successful, it worked and it did what I wanted it to do for the business and for myself at the time, the client catching podcast was retired. And now it is a B2B growth think tank. And I think that it was, well, there were a few reasons for it. One was it, I believe it now supports more from the business side of things where I'm wanting to go and what I'm focusing on and the problem I'm solving for, for my clients. I also started to see a bit of a I mean, we had this conversation a little bit before, but there's a lot of people that have started podcasts in lockdown and, mm. and all the rest of it. And it's very easy just to set up an interview podcast and talk to people. Yeah. But it's not that easy to then be different from every other podcast out there that is doing the same. Yep. So I wanted to do something a bit different. I just I wanted to actually be able to not just have great conversations because that was where the benefit from me was. 
I also wanted to start to build an actual repository of real world solutions that have been masterminded and brainstormed between two people or maybe three people, or as it is in a, a few of the, uh, the, the the live launch that I did, it was four people. So it's essentially the big change is the format, and we are fe- uh, featuring a what I'm called the virtual hot seat, which is anyone's been to a mastermind, if anyone has been involved in those sorts of things, it's where somebody gets put up onto a seat and the group asks questions around or they ask a, they, they say that they've got a challenge and the group asks qualifying questions to find out what's actually going on and they help them solve their problem. Now, because it's a virtual hot seat, the person isn't on the actual hot seat themselves. It's somebody as a listener, it's somebody out there that is sent in a challenge that they're experiencing right now when it comes to growing their business. Mm-hmm. And the guest and I, or the guests and I, work through how we would go about helping or thinking about solving this problem and coming up with actionable solutions. So yeah. Essentially, every business goes through cycles and stages and evolutions. Mm-hmm. There are going to be people out there that are either going through or about to go through similar things. Yeah. So it will become that repository of, right, where can I go to find or discover solutions that I could actually use help with right now? And that is the idea that over the next, because I, I, I started the podcast thinking, right, I'm going to be doing this for 10 years. Two years into it, it wasn't that I was getting jaded with it. It's just that, could I see myself doing it for the further eight years in exactly the same format? Right. Possibly, but I didn't get as excited by having this new format because, to be honest with you, I get to exercise my own problem-solving skills. Like, mm-hmm. I get to exercise that muscle, and it helps me and it benefits me thinking different things and hearing somebody else and bouncing off ideas. As an introvert, that's what I like to do. It's what I like to... <laughs> You know, bounce ideas and, and yep. all the rest of it off, off a, you know, off a, a smaller group of people, so to speak. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of reasons for it, but it's it's invigorated the uh, the enthusiasm and the feedback has been fantastic. I'm getting people sending in all these challenges. I'm almost got too many at the moment to get through some of them. So, it's yeah, it's been great fun. I, I love it because it's when I was thinking about where I would take my podcast if I would do something different or if I, if I were to launch a new podcast today, that it's almost the exact same format that I was thinking of for myself too. And I, I just think it's a, both of you and I are really tuned into the podcast landscape. We, we really think deeply about what we see and we're both seeing the same thing, which is that inter- interview podcasts have become a dime a dozen, unfortunately. So there's a couple of different ways to stand out. You can still do an interview podcast if it's niched down tightly enough. You know, um, if you're going to start a podcast for architecture firms in Eastern Australia, like there probably isn't a podcast out there for that. And and an interview podcast would do really well when it's that tightly focused. Most people aren't going to focus that tightly, but if they did, it would work. Um, But what everybody's doing is they're launching these general interview podcasts where they're just all interviews and there's no solo episodes. They're not mixing in other types of formats and stuff. And so one of the things that I was thinking about was it'd be interesting to do more of a live show where you bring on two or three people, including one person at least that would like almost like an occasional co-host 
where you know the chemistry is good. You know their point of view is similar to yours. You know they're not going to say something undercuts what you sell or do, you know, like that type of thing. So I love that. Uh, just the, the, the idea of bringing kind of multiple people on and, and mm. especially people where you know what the energy is going to be like. Uh, th that to me is, a, is an opportunity there. Uh, and then the, uh, the hot seat stuff, I love that. I mean, I, I've um, even going back to my real estate podcast starting like three years ago, we got in touch with a guy who ran a big Facebook group in our space and we would pull questions out of the Facebook group and answer them live on the podcast because it was basically a way to like really keep in touch with what our audience was thinking at that exact time. We knew exactly what was kind of on their mind and we put ourselves through that. Like we would put our uh, essentially put ourselves on that problem solving hot seat. And you're right. Like it turns on a different part of your brain and it's really mm -hmm. fun to kind of yeah. put yourself in that situation. And if you bring on guests that are smart and enjoy it too, they love it. Yeah. And that's been some of the feedback. It's like, actually, this was a, a couple of them at the very beginning. Um, they were like, oh, well, because I send the challenge question beforehand, just so they've sure. got the opportunity to sort of like read it. And um, one of the one of the guests sort of sent back, this isn't necessarily in my absolute sort of zone of expertise. And I sort of said, that's kind of the point. <laughs> because oh, the whole that? point is that because you are a um you're, a, you're someone that's run a business, you're successful. You've been through all of these different challenges that aren't necessarily just related to the thing that you do, the problem that you solve. Mm -hmm. You are going to have a unique perspective that somebody who may specialize in this won't necessarily have because you're not the expert necessarily in this, but you have a unique experience mm -hmm. that you have gone through. And it's kind of like um, we're not asking for necessarily the right answer. We're looking to uncover the way that people think about solving problems. So in a way, what I want to be able to do is show people how to think or help people understand how to think by demonstrating it in front of you or in your ears, essentially. Yeah. And I think it's a similar thing to, to what you say there. It's like there is... You, you can start, you can have a podcast and you can be thinking, right, okay, I'm going to do a mix of interviews and solos and all the rest of it. When it comes to the solos, people then go, what am I going to talk about? What topics, et cetera, et cetera. Well, actually, I don't need to now think about what those topics are because I'm asking the audience. I'm asking the people that I want to serve. You know, my business is think like a fish. The whole metaphor is you have to deeply understand what your fish will bite on because if you don't, you, you may as well be going out there and trying to catch them with a chocolate cake. Just because you like it doesn't mean that they are going to bite. So you have to know what they want. And it also keeps me attuned to the challenges and the problems that are going on the market. So if I need to adjust some of the messaging that I'm going to be using on marketing or the things that I'm delivering, if I'm finding that the challenges that I'm addressing aren't the things that people are actually wanting, well, that's just research for me. It's really, really like it's got so many benefits that I am, uh, yeah, really, really finding to be, um, you know, pretty exciting. So, um, and, yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, and you're and you're right. People do have a hard time. It, it's funny because I work with clients that even have written books, and they'll go, "Yeah, I just don't know what to talk about in my solo topics." I'm like, "There are 12 chapters in your book. That's like 12 so solo. That's all I need is I just need 12 solo topics from you a year, and you have a chapter for each of each chapter of your book is a solo, a solo topic." But it just we don't think like that necessarily, and and some people do have a hang up about just sitting down in front of a microphone and riffing for 10 minutes on a solo episode, which is what I want them to do. And that's great. But if you can tie that to an actual question that your audience is wondering, and then you can tie it into your belief system. I think that's where 
like especially for you and your business your podcast that that metaphor that you mentioned that like the think like a fit just the the fishing metaphor is so strong and it pervades all of your material that you have something that you can take a random question from a client or a prospective mm -hmm. client and you can tie it back into your whole point of view through that metaphor you know, you can always tie it. Like, I think that's one of the things that you're really good at is tying it back into that metaphor so that you're not just giving a random one-off answer to a question. You're using that question as like a springboard into a, like an insight into how you believe and how you see the world. And that is true because when you get to know me, you either love or you hate the fishing analogies because <laughs> they are quite frequent. <laughs> you know, they come up a lot, but it's been the thing that I've used to describe things for so long and people just get it. Um, they might not like it. It can be quite crude and you can, you know, whatever, but you get it, you understand it. It suddenly makes sense. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I think that there is, there's power in that, but there's also then, you know, one of the other things that allows me, I mean, we, we're sort of going off the topic a little bit, but what allows me to sort of bring things back is having a framework that everything that you do lives in. So you get to, it's kind of like what you're saying there, you bring yeah. everything back. So you've got your big idea, like the thing, like the message, you know, the, the fishing analogy, that kind of thing. But then you have to create a wrapper. You have to create a container that will allow you to essentially, like you could ask me any question about digital marketing, about business development, and I would be able to tie it back into my framework, which is the growth accelerator ecosystem. Mm -hmm. There are three parts to it and there are um, nine sections and everything you can ask me about lives inside one of those yeah. so it allows me as a frame of reference so any question you could ask me literally anything and i know how to bring that back to something in there that would be valuable and be able to answer the question mm. yep. and having those two things together like it makes because I, I maybe i didn't do this before because i didn't have this framework mm. i wouldn't necessarily have been comfortable to answer any question but now it's like okay well let's let's look at where this would live essentially in the journey that you're looking to go on yeah. And to me, that's the, the difference between just putting content out and kind of adding value versus putting content in the world that actually creates demand for you is exactly what you just said. It's understanding your belief system and your point of view so well that, you know, just about anything, even if it's just you answering random questions from an audience, it's that ability to tie it in to your belief system that all leads back to the big idea. And the big idea is what creates demand for what you do in the world, the service that you provide to mm -hmm. clients. I think that's where people get off track with everything from Clubhouse to Instagram to whatever, is they spend so much time trying to quote unquote add value and they're chasing attention and engagement so much that they forget that if you put content into the world that is just not tied to anything, it's not tied to your belief system, it's not tied to your big idea, it may get you attention, but it never leads to sales. No. And, and I think that there's a, there's a big thing in there as well. If people are wondering, well, how do I come up with ideas for content or I just, I'm not sure what I should talk about or anything like that. Just what I often say is just remember this, the world is not starving of content. Like there is so much content out there, but what they are lacking most of the time is context. It's like, where does this live? Where does it go? So it's kind of like, we are having this conversation around podcasting and all the rest of it. But you've got to realize that a podcast is just one part of what you would do to both attract the attention of clients, bring them into the journey, build trust and all the rest of it. It's just one part of 
an entire sort of framework that you need to have. Like you have to still then understand who is your ideal client? What is your compelling offer that is going to entice people in? Do you then have a system to capture them and the assets that are required in order to systematically nurture and turn those into clients? And then do you have a way of being able to get in front of enough of those people at scale? Like mm. those are the things that you need to, you need to understand where that podcast piece lives within that overall ecosystem otherwise you may as well just be talking to one microphone and not hit record because nobody's <laughs> going to listen <laughs> that is true yeah and, and all those things you said are 100 percent true which is exactly what, what led me to eventually put all this stuff into the microfamous book because i found that people were looking at podcasting at probably the same way you and i originally did when we came to it which is like it's oh it's the answer you're like no it's not the answer it has to be part of an ecosystem and if you get all the pieces of the ecosystem right it works amazingly well like gangbusters but like anything else if you get all the other pieces of the ecosystem wrong just having a podcast or just having any sort of marketing vehicle won't save you um one final question though on just while we're on the topic of the format change because i'm curious how do you decide who are those three people that you bring into an episode like that? So in terms of, the, so the, the live version was done with previous episode, uh, previous guest of the Client Catching podcast. And a lot of the panels that I will be doing will include at least past guests that I know have the ability, not the ability, but are going to be comfortable in that environment. Yeah. So I, that's, that's there is a known entity. Comfort yeah, zone, there yeah. is a known entity in terms of I understand that these people are going to be quite comfortable and they're not going to talk over everyone that, you know, sometimes that happens and dominate the conversation because that can happen. Mm -hmm. So that's part of it. Maybe as I go on, I will get better as the facilitator and won't be worried so much about that. But it's 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 a genuine sort of, um, you know, thought and concern. But it's more I need to do a lot more research on the kind of person it involves you know, this is all work. Like it's all research. You've got to understand what you're trying to achieve with it. What is, you know, what kind of things people have done before? Have you, you know, can you see that they've been on panels on other things before mm -hmm. that kind of thing? And are they going to be able to, um, you know, really sort of contribute to the valuable conversation and the valuable problem solving that will go on amongst that group of people. And ultimately my criteria is, would I then want to have, continued conversations in a group environment with those people because mm -hmm. part of what i am also doing is creating that sort of back-end group because that was another thing that i didn't do very well with my past podcast is create an environment for for not just the listeners but the guests themselves and keep them connected with each other because yeah. just from those panels there has been um connections amongst the guests that have happened and mm -hmm. business has been done and all that kind of thing so it's like I can be that conduit and really sort of facilitate the connections between other people. And it's, yeah, I, I it's just part of it. It's, it's really where I want to go and, and just be much, a much better connector. And mm -hmm. I see this as a way to go. Yeah. It's been one of my focuses for this year too, being a better connector, doing a better job of taking the strategic relationships that are in my world, people that I consider, you know, smart and influential and well-connected and just, you know, being, I guess more intentional and more strategic about how often I look for opportunities to kind of connect them with each other. And, and yes, it's definitely not, it's not easy. Like it's as a podcast host, if you do a lot of interviews, the easiest thing in the world to do is just to go from one great conversation to another and never follow up. 
and never build the relationship. You know, that's that's where I, I appreciate, you know, both you and I have made, you know, efforts to stay in touch, you know, introduce people to others that we mm-hmm. think are interesting, other podcast hosts that I think should interview you and vice versa. Um, and, and maybe that's um, maybe that's something that introverts do naturally a little bit better. We're a little bit better at follow up. I think that's one of the things that as an introvert, we should lean into, you know, mm-hmm. that uh, take those those deep, authentic conversations that we really enjoyed and then, you know, be more strategic about the the connection part, because if we do, uh, it's a huge way to add value. I mean, uh, you know, mm-hmm. every time I get an inbound introduction, I'm excited. Every time I can make an outbound introduction, I'm excited. It all works. Um, so in some, where can people go and where should they uh, where should they subscribe? Where should they get into your email list? All that fun stuff. So the easiest thing to do, I've set up a page for um, anyone wants to find out a bit more. It's at thinklikeafish.co.uk slash micro famous and basically you'll find everything there links to the podcast um there is uh, you can get a free copy of my book which is called conversation relationship marketing you don't even have to opt in that's another we didn't even talk about that but there is no opt-in for that book you can literally get it there's an entire sort of strategy behind it there's the audio book version as well that you can get i'm looking to get that to spread because this was another one of my lockdown projects my adhd went nuts to be honest and i hyper focused and accidentally wrote a book but there we go. <laughs> and I well, I'm wildly days. jealous because I should have re—I should have rewritten uh, and revised my book during the lockdown, and that was not going to happen. We talked about this before we hit record. It was, it was a wonder yeah. that my book got published right before the lockdown because it was not going to happen during the lockdown. Yeah, yeah, and That's I did it in ten days, which was nuts. But that anyway. Is nuts. <laughs> But the thing about that is, is actually you, you can get it on the Google Doc and you can read it, but then listen to it. But the Google Doc allows me to keep iterating. Oh, seriously? That's smart. I like it. Oh, thank you very much. That was yeah. by accident, by the way. But, was it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, look, but that's the thing, isn't it? Like, If there's anything I want to leave anyone listening with is sometimes accidents happen and they're happy accidents because you keep trying things and you keep evolving and you keep yeah. just experimenting. You you've got to stay curious even when the world around you is crashing it's like well, okay well how can we do stuff different how you know what yeah. can ha- blah, blah, blah. you've just got to start thinking different so yeah there's all sorts of things there and um you know i i do often update those pages so uh yeah go and check it out and um take what makes sense for you that's right well thanks man i appreciate you jumping on and doing this it's been a lot of fun thank you very much it's been a pleasure as always 